0: Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. This week, episode 10, we're going to talk about the recent rumors of Ben Affleck possibly directing DCU's Brave and the Bold, the new Batman and Robin film that's going to inevitably feature the Bat family as a whole. There's been a lot of rumors saying that it's happening from some credible people. There's also been some rumors or some gossip or just online discourse about why it shouldn't be a thing, but we're going to talk about it and what it implies, what it means, and everything in between, because there's a lot to unpack here if this is actually a very real thing. So sit tight. Enjoy the show. How you doing? Hi, Taylor. We're, the hunting, we're two, the hunting season fan. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. That's the fake uh that's the fake movie they're making in Jay and Silent Bob strike back. How about you okay. like them apples? And then he shoots it with a gun. Okay. Uh we are the nerds that the city doesn't deserve, but it needs. Taylor, you actually have some fun, juicy things to talk about today.
0: Yeah, today's a big one just because of all the the very interesting internet niss that's been happening um over the last week or so um i mean back when james gunn made his announcement in what was it jan it was the january 31st like the very last day of january yes not it, at midnight he did it at a normal time during yeah, the did day it at a normal time but it was like down by the wire like he said mm-hmm. january and he meant january um there was a, a kind of in the same vein of things he announced these eleven projects. And then um, kind of answered some questions along the way and then mentioned that Ben Affleck was in talks or he had spoken to Ben Affleck and was willing, and Ben wanted to direct something. He didn't want to act anymore in the roles. He didn't want to be a supporting character. He wanted to direct. And that kind of lined it up with the the whole Ben Affleck, Matt Damon starting their new uh, production company and Ben wanting to focus more on directing and writing and producing than he does with acting. And then we have that new, uh, Air Jordan movie coming out with with them as like their their initial here's our first movie under our production team and Ben Affleck's like a supporting role in that movie but he's clearly not the main character Matt Damon is um so it's very interesting that Ben Ben's name keeps popping up around Batman because you have one corner of the internet fans demanding that Netflix buy the Snyderverse from Warner Brothers and And we'll talk about that in due course today And that also implies that Ben would have to return if that's a real thing, and he doesn't want to, clearly. Um, But now we have some new rumors that Ben is actually doing this. And before we touch on those rumors, uh, you know, it's
1: funny, the the full circle of Ben Affleck's career, you know, he starts as this kind of silly plus one to the Kevin Smith universe. He then puts his own, you know, Kevin Smith told him, you know, if you want to if you want to if you want to write your own you know if you want to make up lines for your own movie go write your own script of which they did and won an Oscar um yeah and the movies Ben Affleck has directed you know the town and Argo are really great films like fun movies on their own so the fact that we're talking about him in this regard he's a pretty big director to lock down for a superhero movie and yeah. very interesting eyes because he literally wore the cow. You know, he, yeah. he, he understands what he can do and can't do. So that all makes me very excited. Uh, this lines up with two things. It reminds me of what you had said when Discovery entered the room with Warner Brothers and said, why are there no good directors at our studio? Why did you lose J.J. Abrams? Why did you lose Christopher Nolan? Um, and secondly... This kind of feels the way that James Gunn got him interested and sticking around when we know that their cash uh, house poor right now is maybe to promise some of these projects. So when did the rumor mill start with all of this? When
0: did stuff start happening? Well, I mean, initially, the rumor mill started the moment that uh, James mentioned on Twitter that he had spoken with Ben and people had those uh, candid photos of Ben going to the studio. That's when the rumor started because they were like, oh, Ben's coming back. Ben's coming back. But then as soon as he said, Ben wants to direct something for us, that's when the rumors are like Batman, maybe. And you, there were people that are saying that Ben, um, that James Gunn downplayed it. He said, no, it's not happening. And... There was even um, a slash film article that popped up saying Ben Affleck could direct a DC Universe film, but it won't be the new Batman. And in this film, in this this whole thing, he, he basically cited the 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 tweet Ben uh, and we're working with Ben Affleck, who really wants to be and uh, be a part of our architectural team, trying to bring things together, and he really wants to direct one of our projects. We're excited for him doing that. And then he says kind of a segue, but this is a story of Damian Wayne, who is Batman's actual son, and who he didn't know existed for the, eight, for the first eight to ten years of his life. So he doesn't directly say no, but he didn't say yes. And a lot of people said, oh, that means he's just debunking it. He's saying that Ben wants to direct something, but here's the segue to it's, it's a Batman project. And then they go on to kind of speculate saying, oh, he could be doing something more like Swamp Thing, which we now know is uh, James Mangold is, is kind of being courted for that. Um, We also know that Ben Affleck was courted by the studio to direct Man of Steel before Zack Snyder got it, but he didn't want to take the job because it was so effects heavy that he didn't think he was ready for that gig. Um, Uh, Cut to today, he was in one of the biggest effects
1: superhero movies of all time and had to do... uh post-production and then reshoots and more reshoots so like yeah. he probably now
0: understands the scope of what a movie like that entails 100 and then so and then it kind of goes back to um the rumor on so on march 1st about five days ago one take news tweeted uh from a an article from above the line.com that ben affleck is rumored for directing brave the bold and a fan a fan Started attacking James Gunn, saying, Didn't Gunn previously debunk this? And then Gunn responded for years. It has been my commitment to the fans that I will never lie to them. And I never have. I've been very, I'd be very curious about what it is you think I've lied about. And this guy goes in. Again, just, it's crazy that James Gunn responds to these internet
1: trolls, these nobodies, and the fact that he even praises, even gives
0: them an at reply is amazing. What else does yeah. he say? So let me let me just pull up the window because it's kind of a big kind of a big thing. The guy basically says flat out not wanting to run DC, not wanting to make Superman for starters, and then posts all these tweets um, saying, uh, uh, like screenshots that oh, uh, essentially, this is evidence of James lying. Oh, you know, James said, um, "Would you accept Man of Steel if his offer to you?" Um, he basically is like, "No, I don't think so," and then. Uh, James again confirming that Man of Steel, uh, that the Superman Legacy and Creature Commandos were already in production, and he said, "Yeah, that's true." Um, they're basically just trying to say, "Like, oh, I gotcha, you. you're you're a liar," and he just keeps saying all this stuff. James responded very plainly. Neither neither of those were lies. I was offered I was offered Superman, but did Squad instead. A few years later, I saw how to tackle Superman, and I took it on. I didn't want to be the sole CEO of DC but when they came and offered it to me and Peter said, yes, because I could focus on the creative side. So he basically was like, yeah, I'm, it's not a, it's not a lie. I, I didn't want the sole job, but I'm the creative side. So Peter taking care of the business, I didn't want to do both. And then he kind of just goes on attacking him. So was your lie when you said you supported this or that? And uh, the, the con- conversation pretty much stopped.
1: Do you understand? Um, I, I, I feel like this is a weird argument of semantics. Yeah. He was offered a job and turned it down <laughs> But then he was offered all of the jobs and he took it legally with NDAs and contracts and stuff. Even if he even had an inkling for that, he might've had his hands tied. I feel like some of these attacks on him are attacking him on semantics when it's like, he might not have been able to have said one thing or the other because anytime he has been able to communicate, he has communicated and responds to people. We have more tweets to show you even today.
0: Of course. And so, and then um, after the kids kept attacking him, James responded to his own tweet, um, not the kid, but his own tweet saying, again, I never once lied to the fans and never will. That doesn't mean I'm never going to change my mind about anything. <laughs> right. Which is, a, which is a crazy
1: argument to tell people like, oh, you know, he's a human being and- what might be true might not be true a year from now. Yeah. You know, all uh, he, he recently got married. Mazel talked to him. Congratulations. You know, all of this movie stuff is predicated on hopefully he doesn't start a family and have a baby in the next two yeah. years. Because that would, <laughs> if you have a newborn baby, I don't think you're directing a
0: big project at the moment. You know what I mean? Exactly. So aside from all this, so it was very interesting because – um Aside from that initial rumor, that big uh, Twitter fight and everything, Jeff Snyder, of, um, formerly of one of the main trades, he now works for the Ankler, he um, posted a tweet in response to another tweet uh, criticizing Affleck's spot in the DCU. In his uh, response, he pointed out the rumor that Affleck is set to take the film. And then kind of like, he said, And for today's main event, a column from film nerd Jamie about why Ben Affleck, who is rumored to direct The Brave and the Bold, should steer clear of the DCU altogether and focus on the kind of movies he does best. So this actual trade reporter acknowledged the rumor and basically was like, yeah, here's the rumor, but he shouldn't do it. So he didn't treat it like it was gossip. He treated it like maybe it's happening, but he shouldn't do it. Which is very interesting for a trade reporter to comment on it that way what were some of the
1: points of why he shouldn't do? I mean, you obviously just told me two points. Were there any more other than he should stick to his own lane? or were essentially,
0: they- they, essentially, they said that it the the taste that came from the DCU, EC, the DCEU, his stuff with Snyder is uh, probably going to carry over and kind of leave a bad taste in fans' mouths or general audiences or whatnot. Um, he said that they, they much prefer Ben to be – doing the quality projects like The Town, Argo, and and Air, and focusing on stuff like that, and staying away from superheroes because they believe superhero fatigue is a thing. So it's kind of just all uh, yada, yada, yada stuff.
1: Bad movies are a thing. And yes, there are a lot of superhero movies. And unfortunately, the quality of some of those movies has dipped. I don't think it's superhero fatigue. I feel like it's bad movie fatigue. And Marvel's got themselves into a slump right now where... They're trying to push through a bunch of stuff all at once and it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel cooked, cooked at all. Right. I mean, look at Modoc's face for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? That feels like yeah. that needed
0: maybe a couple more meetings, maybe some better eyes on that. I don't know. What's insane to me is that everything going on with Ant-Man 3 just screams that it was fast-tracked and that um, they even said that Ant-Man 3 special effects were hindered because they took some of the team and moved it over to Black Panther and Black Panther is another movie that was fast tracked out of out of the death of Chadwick they had to basically redo the whole script and then put it out for the same target release date you can so,
1: feel, you can feel the rushingness on that movie yeah. you can just scenes and action you know the action of that first movie is so fun that they even tried to like do another car chase
0: it's not as good as the first movie yeah. <laughs> and like i I keep telling people that the reason why black panther 2 was so successful for people and and realistically it didn't make the money that they wanted in the box office it did great but it didn't make a lot it's nowhere near the the apparent bomb that ant-man 3 is turning into but the the whole thing about black panther 2 was that people loved it because of how much it was like let's mourn together for the loss of chadwick and if it didn't have that aspect of the movie and you looked at just the storyline Storyline's kind of weak, but Uh, the fact that it's spending so much time mourning the loss of an actual person, that's what made people really resonate with the movie, which is kind of unfortunate. Everyone
1: who saw Black Panther 1 absolutely went and saw Black Panther 2. My fear is the people that went and saw Black Panther 2 will not go see Black Panther 3. (laughs) (laughs) Because what was set up in that did
0: not feel like a franchise I wanted to go back to. Yeah, exactly, and so there's a lot of like, and that's the thing. Like, superhero fatigue is only a thing because people are kind of getting fed up with the quality of these things, kind of getting, kind of getting weird, um, which is why honestly, it looks like Shazam two is tracking extremely low, and it's it's actually tracking less than what the box office for Shazam one was. Okay, which is I, I have to ask you something.
1: I don't know when all of this tracking box office stuff started it feels like it became a thing in the last couple of years how the hell do they know anything about what people want to go see a month from now like i get there's pre-order tickets but that's not how you uh, unless you're really involved in this people their weekends and they go let's go see a
0: movie and then they go look up the thing how do they how can they even tell any of this stuff So I guess the way they do the tracking is that they kind of come, like, they they look at, like, the historical evidence, like, how much a movie was hyped up on social media, how much pre-sale tickets, and then they kind of compare what it was hyped up and what it was pre-sold to versus the opening weekend, and they kind of created a formula based on that projection. And they did that for a few years before they now can now track things. Um,
1: But it doesn't feel like it works. It's basically just... Right, yeah. because like projections on the last Batman movie were like, this movie's not going to do movie. That movie did better week to week to week, because I yeah. know, I told P, I I went on here and screamed from
0: the rooftops, go see that movie. Yeah. So, it's going to be very interesting, because unless that movie is a, a pure like, holy crap, this is amazing, and you get like another Joker on your hands, where the movie tracked really low, but then because of word of mouth, it blew up and made a billion dollars. Um... It's going to be a very, very weird spot because even David Sandberg, the director of Shazam 2, asking a fan, saying, like, is this, are we even going to get sequels? We're going to see more of this stuff. And he said, not if you don't see the movie. Right. And he kind of pointed out the obvious fact that, like, the studio now is in the business of success. And if products from the old regime aren't successful, they're not continuing. And he basically said that like with Shazam, like if it bombs, this cast is done. And it probably will get rebooted in the cog of the DCU.
1: And and you know what's funny is we're gonna, in the next couple of minutes, we'll start talking about DC rights to other places, but you can yeah. definitely feel with Shazam, why they flushed out the kids so quickly and that you have a Shazam team, if you will, within that universe, kind of like they do with Spider-Man stuff. I want, I like Shazam as a character. I want Shazam to do well. If Shazam doesn't continue, we might never see that Shazam family again. It might, we might get Shazam again, the, you know, Billy or Billy boy doing his stuff. But I don't know if we get all of those characters again.
0: I think we might, but Mm. not in the same capacity we saw them. Because what we saw in the movies was very much New 52 Shazam. Yeah. With the Shazam family all being like adults and stuff but. James Gunn is pulling a lot of stuff from gold and silver age. And that version of those characters were like Mary Marvel looked like a teenager. Uh, Shazam junior was still a kid. Like it was, it was not the full team of adults. It was very different. Uh,
1: and I could very, and based on where Hollywood is right now, if you're going to have a male superhero, there will most likely be a female counterpart. Totally fine with that. I could very well see having Shazam and miss Marvel or some combination of the two, but no six other kids is six more paychecks. You got to put inside of your movie. And that's a lot of money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting to see. And um, it kind of just puts the writing on the wall because the, the, the flash movie is coming out and that movie is a multiverse film through and through. And we know that the film may not actually have any overall repercussions of the DCU, other than explaining that other timelines do exist and they can still exist. And if, Ezra's Flash just gets lost in the multiverse, a la Quantum Leap or uh, Sliders or something. You can still have another DCU Flash pop up along with the new Superman, the new Batman, and that Flash can meet Ezra's Flash in a in a Crisis thing or a, or a Speed Force thing, or they can they can have two flashes concurrently running together because of the fact that it's a multiverse. Yo, so it's- when did they turn the Flash into one of the strongest? Meta mutants in the DC world. Like it's been the past couple of years,
1: but I feel like he is now an S tier
0: level superhero. He's actually been an S tier level superhero ever since the eighties. I remember the first crisis comic when flash Barry Allen sacrificed his life to basically long story short. He, he ends up sacrificing his life in the actions of the crisis and his like dying breath. He turned himself in the lightning that struck Barry as a teenager so, like, he, like, not only saved the universe wow. from the crisis, but he created himself in the process. Wow. So, it was, that was the moment when Flash was like, oh, wow, Flash is very strong. So, um, comics are fun, and Flash has been a very OP, like, top-tier hero since, like, 40, 50 years now. <laughs> not He wasn't at first, but he's become that, and in the last 10 years, 10, 15 years maybe he has now been the the main proprietor of a lot of of the big crossover events like they had the flashpoint stuff they had um, new 52's birth out of out of that um, you even had the more the the um the watchmen crossover the button which was all him um, and then now you have the uh, the one minute war where like the flash and all these other speedsters are having this giant war that's going to last a minute in our time but it's like a year for them Whoa. so it's it's really cool stuff um, but the fact that we have the Flash front and center in the multiverse projects means that we can have multiple Flashes coexisting and fans won't be weirded out by it because they're th- going to explain it in the movie. Do you think DC was late to this? Like, I can I, I can
1: see... I, I don't know why it's all happening the way that it was. I do feel that that's, that Sony's Spider-Verse movie really knocked the door down in, like, this yeah. is what we're doing. Um, do you think people... I, I, I know fans are going to be okay with it, because we do... I think people do want multiple Batmans, and they do want multiple things, but are they late to the punch?
0: Ironically, Into the Spider-Verse came out in, what, 2018, I think? Yeah. It feels feels like it came out a decade ago. It feels like it came out so so long ago. It came out like five years ago, but this Flash movie has been in production since 2016, (laughs) so they started... Jesus they started leaves. everything first but development hell and all the other bullshit caused this movie to not exist for five years wow so it's very weird but um i it's funny because they they pushed the flashpoint stuff they push all this stuff and marvel knew it and marvel fast-tracked their secret war stuff and they could have done something truly great with dr strange and the multiverse of madness but that movie shouldn't have been called Dr. It should have been just been called uh, Dr. Strange Goes to One Other Universe. Like, what was, yeah, the, it, what was the multiverse of madness? The multiverse of madness was Strange visiting two other worlds. Yeah, and that was he, it. he fell through a bunch of – Dr. Strange yeah. falls through a bunch of other places. Yeah, it's Dr. Strange. And let's, let's do a montage of him jumping through 15 universes before he lands on one and then goes to one other afterwards. Like, yeah. it was such a weird way – I don't know. I I liked that movie a lot. It was very fun. Sam Raimi movie, but the title didn't fit the film. Well, funny
1: enough though. Now we're coming back to the idea that a director shapes a movie. And we know that when Sam Raimi was brought on, they changed a bunch of that script. Now I'm sure there's stuff they didn't touch, but a lot of the beats of that movie changed. And you're right. While it might not be a great Dr. Strange movie. It's a really fun Sam Raimi movie. It's one of his more fun movies of the last couple of years. So, yeah, it is. OK, those are the again, you know, those we heard some of the arguments against him doing a Batman movie, but there seems to be a lot of arguments for him doing a Batman movie. Like, and that's what's interesting. He knows me, the that, studio. He has yeah. the confidence of James Gunn. He knows what it. he knows what the days look like.
0: And I think that's the, the biggest thing for me, like, say Ben does get this job. Like, say this is real, say these rumors are real, and Ben actually does direct this Batman project. What does that say about the studio as a whole? Like, the previous administration basically drove him out of his own project. Like, you had, was it, it was Kevin Tujihara and and Toby Emmerich who kept pushing for him to make the Batman solo project. They announced that he was making it before he had fully agreed to it, so they could say, we have Ben Affleck acting, writing, and directing, and... When the, when the script came out, you have Jay Olivia saying it was the best script of any Batman project of all time. And we know that it was very much like the game with Deathstroke versus Batman and Deathstroke hunting down Batman's loved ones and Batman having to, to basically not cross that line again and Batgirl was a supporting character and you had all these, these... Sounds like Ben things. Affleck was already thinking about the Bat family a decade yeah. ago. Right. And... had all this stuff and then he basically got he's like i can't do this and he he walked away from the role and then they brought matt reeves in and said let's retool the project and it went from being ben affleck's project to a prequel project where there's going to be a younger batman with ben affleck bookends on each part and then ben finally said i don't like this anymore either and he just quit altogether and then that project changed into the batman Yeah, he probably saved that movie if they would
1: have had to take his idea and then jam in that other stuff, because that Batman feels so wonderfully different. There's still stuff in that movie that is heightened, but it's a pretty grounded movie, other than the fact like he hits his
0: head on a bridge and doesn't suffer a a, a concussion. But besides that, everything else is pretty grounded. I I watched that movie again the other day, and I, I still love that movie, but that bridge scene is so jarring. Because he get, he, physics don't work.
1: They should have, they should have done it like Assassin's Creed. He should have flown, messed up, and fallen into the Gotham City laundry. And there's, you know, there's, you know what I mean? Just anything to explain, oh, thank goodness there was a barrel of hay there.
0: It's Halloween time. Why couldn't he fall into the pumpkin patch? To me, I think they should have had that whole scene happen. Him hit the car, hit the curb, just lay on the pavement Alfred pick him up. Yeah. And then there's this news article where Bruce Wayne was in a car accident and he's rushed to the hospital.
1: Yeah. Even, like they did even, with Batman Hush. He, like he has to pull himself, he has to pull himself into that alley and he like puts, he like puts garbage on him and like Alfred finds him like with
0: GPS and is like, oh boy, you look bad. Yeah. It yeah. would have been great. Because that, they could have even tied in some Hush stuff there. Cause we know that Matt Reeves loves Hush and you could have been like Dr. Thomas Elliott saved his life. And then just, that's the only the thing and just do that but they could have had so much of a realistic moment with a young batman messing up hardcore but then they they get have him hit the car stand up walk away <laughs> and then very awkwardly um like the next scene he's just on the roof talking to bat girl Catwoman. i'm like that's weird it could have been Batgirl. It's Catwoman in the movie, but it very yeah. you 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 well, watch all of those scenes. It could have very easily gone that way. It was such a weird scene, and then like you have other scenes where he's being shot at by a fully automatic weapon, and he's just walking down the hall like nothing. And I'm like, wow, the impact is very interesting. But then at the end, he gets hit full front with a shotgun, which has it has a lot of impact, but nothing like a fully automatic rifle. <laughs> sure. And he he flies ten feet, and I'm like, wow, the physics in this movie is weird. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, that's just my one complaint, but I, I really liked the movie as a whole, but Ben was basically, he quit the studio, quit everything, came back for Zach, finished Zack Snyder's Justice League as a as a favor to his, his loving friend Zach, and then agreed to do the Flash movie as a way to write to finish his character, because there was multiple cuts of this movie where, one, Ben Affleck dies, or, one, he just stays in his universe, or, two, uh, he comes back and warns him of the crisis, and they had all these these plans for Ben and it would have just resulted in either him being done here or done after one more. And he didn't want to write. He didn't want to do any of that stuff. He was done. He was done, done, done. James Gunn comes in and then Ben is meeting with him. Right. And now he's talking about, now there's the rumors that he's directing the Batman movie. He left the last Batman movie because of micromanagement and lack of freedom. And now there's talks that he's coming back for this one where james gunn is t- is basically saying the creators the writers the directors the people that are doing the work are going to be doing the work it's their project i want to make sure that it's their project and it's not going to be like marvel where you can fire a director and bring another one in and essentially get the same movie with the same beats they want these movies to feel unique to those directors but still adhere to this main vision so like If he's like, hey, we're going to make this Batman movie, the story is between Damien and Bruce, cast your Damien, cast your Bruce, but can you also cast Nightwing, Batgirl, and the other Bat family and feed them in somehow? That's so much – it's so much power.
1: It it, it, is. Obviously, James Gunn will be there, but, like, man, if he casts – if he just gives us a broad stroke, I mean, that's – I mean, we're going to feel those reverberations for a very long time. That will be the Bat family for all intents and
0: purposes. For a long while, too. For a long while. Because, I mean, it goes back. So if Ben does take this job, it means a lot of things. It means, one, his confidence in Gunn and the DC universe right now is at a higher point than when he reluctantly accepted when Zach asked him to be Batman. That's huge. That should, if he takes this job, that should quell anybody's concerns. With this, with this new universe, because Ben was the first to quit, he was to quit and walk away with a massive paycheck. He turned down a franchise. He turned down being Batman. He turned down being his children's hero. And right. mind you, this is also Ben Affleck's hero. He took the role of Daredevil because of how much he loved Frank Miller's take on Batman. Right. Like James, not, not Jim. Uh, Kevin Smith says that was it that he he, he said that. Ben took the role of Armageddon so he could build a Batcave in his house with his payday. Like that was right. like Ben is a huge fan of Batman. And he walked away at the height of his popularity because he didn't like what the, the decisions were being made. And now he's potentially doing the new one. That says so much well, about and what think, they're doing. Yeah. And I think that there's another thing. Bring up
1: that second tweet the tweet you showed me about projects in the future. Yes.
0: So, and this is the next point is that on January 31st, we got 10 formal announcements with 11 being in there too, because the 10 projects we got, they also mentioned inside that announcement that there was also Peacemaker season two. They just didn't lead with it. So we got announced 11 projects. Someone asked how many, about how much of chapter one slate did you tell us about less than half?
1: Let's see. And that makes me feel like maybe this is smoke and mirrors in terms of Ben Affleck doing the Batman thing. But if there's 11 more, if if there's another 11 projects, right, and let's assume some of them are animated, some are going to be a cartoon or something like that that feels like enough room for Ben Affleck to choose a project. And maybe it's not directly tied in, but maybe it's tied in with what he wants to do with Batman. Maybe yeah. we see one of his characters that he casts, right? We don't see him in this movie, but it's his Brave and the Bold cast
0: doing something somewhere else. That could also yeah. very well be true. And mind you, in, in the world of Hollywood, if so, so Ben takes the Brave and the Bold, right? He casts these characters, he does all this stuff. It's very much like John Favreau with Iron Man where he's now involved in every step of the way for Iron Man's journey. He's producing Iron Man 2. He's writing Iron Man 2. He's directing Iron Man 2. He's producing Iron Man 3. He's producing The Avengers. Like he is made and Ben Ben Affleck's production company will have their hands in every step of this Batman journey.
1: 100% is, and I And you know, and it's so funny that you mentioned it like that because I think Jon Favreau is the way that we should be looking at this because now that he's taken a step back from Marvel, look at what he's doing with Mandalorian. I mean, that Mm -hmm. is the only uh, Star Wars property that feels like anything is happening and he's having to loop in all of these other, let's get the Bad Batch in here, let's get the other things that people like, let's get them all in here. His name is still attached to that. I could very well see get Ben Affleck for this first movie. He doesn't have to do the other things, but his vision stays in the room. And when we do the next movie, he's got to
0: come talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can just imagine Ben Affleck cast Batman. He cast Robin. He cast Nightwing. He cast Batgirl. He cast the new everything. Right. And then Taylor, it's so much.
1: It's so much more than that, because if you do Barbara, then you got to have Mr. Gordon. You got to have
0: Alfred. Like there's so many characters he's going to cast. Yeah. And you have the villain, obviously, which is probably uh, undoubtedly going to be the League of Shadows because you can't have a, a Damien story without the League being present. And you have whoever the League is fighting, which either it could be Deathstroke or it could be like the comics where it's like the, the Kurt Langstrom man-bat ninjas. You can have so many different things. But you have all of these things that he now has a hand in. And then inevitably, like, so say... Less than half is what James said, which implies that the 11 is less than the half. So we're probably looking at 25 to 30 actual projects in this chapter one, which is a lot, but it could be about three or four years worth of actual content. Question.
1: I saw today that the Penguin show started shooting. Is that yes. technically a part of this? Do you think the Penguin, they'll show us, oh yeah, but part of these next project, we're going to get the elsewhere stories of the Penguin.
0: Yeah, 100%. The Elseworld stories are part of this project. So I do think Penguin is part of this because it was, it's still, obviously still happening. Um, right, and, and, again, and,
1: and again, that movie was successful. So spinoffs from that movie get to happen because they yeah. see that there is an audience
0: for these things. And it's very interesting because James basically talked about how Ben Affleck is not Batman anymore. Henry is not Superman anymore. But didn't say anything about Ezra. Didn't say anything about Gal. Didn't say anything about Jason. But we know that Gal is in two of the three movies this year. Yep. She's she's in Shazam, and she's in The Flash. And he's not going to announce that she's no longer one woman while she's got two movies coming out. Hundred uh, percent. You would. A- a- why would you
1: say that you're going to crown a new champion in wrestling? Absolutely not.
0: Yeah. So and the same thing with 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 that. Uh, Jason Momoa. And aside from Jason Momoa situation, you had all the, the talk about how terrible the movie is. And if the movie truly tanks, he's done playing Aquaman. And James Wan already said yeah, he doesn't want to make a third one. So you have Taylor, you basically that feels, have the writing on the wall.
1: Yeah, that feels all of that feels like they are preparing they all know it's a piece of dog dark, dark shit. I feel like that's yeah. a bunch of people
0: getting out in front of this before it happens. So it's very interesting to see that Yes, the optics are, they're, they're not officially recasting. It's a half reboot. That's what they're saying. But even David Sandberg said that if this movie fails, then that's it for these characters. That doesn't mean that they're going to be part of the DCU. It means that's it. And so. I, I feel like another thing that needs to be talked about is it's not like
1: Ben Affleck is going to do a DC project somewhere else, right?
0: Netflix is not buying anything. Is that correct, Taylor. So another fun tweet from the other day: Have you sold this universe to Netflix yet? James Gunn said Netflix hasn't asked for it.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: and and that goes to the like we we understand that yes, DC is licensing projects to other companies. We know that that's that's not hidden. They they sold the licensing for Sandman to Netflix for like 120 or 150 million for that project. That's a lot for just licensing of that one book. And, and you then you had—I was about to say—you told me about a new project that they just purchased, correct? Yeah. So uh, DC's Dead Boy Detectives, which was uh, a, a kind of a spinoff of Doom Patrol, which is now done. We know that Doom Patrol and Titans is, is officially canceled, but this project was already in pre-production, and they didn't want to kill it, but it didn't fit with his plan, so we sold it to Netflix. And the rumors are that they paid forty or fifty million for this random, obscure project. Um, it's very much like how sweet tooth was for DC. Sure. It's very obscure. It's very non, not connected to anything, but they sold it to Netflix for 40, $50 million. But if you're selling these very no name, these very minuscule, these super obscure projects for that much money, what does that actually tell you about their, their idea of taking a bigger project? Right? Right, if Dead Boy
1: Detective is worth somewhere between forty and fifty million dollars, and I have no idea who that is, Batman and Superman probably get triple,
0: four times that, even before, even before we pay anybody to be in it, just to get the rights to it. Right. And so I mean forty to fifty million for the season, which kind of equates to like if you do an eight episode season each episode, you have to pay like two or three million dollars per licensing sure. for the sure. the property, so on. But we know that the details behind Superman and Lois on the CW was that that project is two to $3 million licensing per episode. And that was, that was also a project that is co produced by DC. Uh, If Netflix is solely producing that project, the licensing is more. And that's just for one character, let alone the other six, the other seven, their universes, those characters. It's a very, Netflix is not going to even bat an eye at this option because they're like, so we don't put movies in theaters, so we can't really recover our costs. Right, right. We don't get merchandising from it because merchandising is owned by the studio. Mm-hmm. But we're expected to pay two hundred to three hundred dollars, two to three hundred million dollars in licensing fees, before we spend two to three hundred million dollars to finish a movie. To get some fans to be very happy. Yeah.
1: Netflix like, never really went the way of DVD sales. I mean, I'm sure you can buy standalone copies of stranger things, but I don't think anyone else is buying, you know, why would you, why would you buy it when you can just pay for a subscription and watch, uh, uh, orange is the new black. Why would I even
0: buy that right? when I could just watch it on the, on the app? Exactly. And so uh, financially it doesn't make any sense for them to do it because they're not going to recoup their costs. It's going to be a good PR move essentially is all it is. But, the realistic aspect is if Ben takes this job, that should be it because he's not going to take the job making DC's new Batman, and then also star in a competing outlet's version of a Batman that he stopped playing.
1: Like, well, it's one of the things that you brought up already is that you know his um, his Michael Jordan movie is about to come out. Yeah, if these plans don't happen not quickly but rather quickly they don't happen yesterday right he's gonna go make a deal somewhere else you know what i mean like you said he started his new production company that means that he has created a team of people that are professionally working with him and they want to make money so if they don't know where their where their bread is going to be buttered by the end of the year This then gets kicked down another project, which is why Taylor has stated so many times, Zach Steiner's not coming back for any of this stuff. He is, it says Netflix on his calendar for the next year and
0: a half, two years, okay? Yeah, it's, you know, it's something else. Um, Mm. And as much as I wish it would have happened, the fact that the previous administration of DC killed so much of the Snyderverse that was kind of where it ended and that's where the hope of it continuing ended there so I mean when they first announced Zack Snyder's Justice League was coming to HBO Max they announced it as a mini series Zack even commissioned intros for each of these episodes the movie the final movie that came out it was even broken up into episode chapters right so they announced it as a series had it all slated to go and then they crammed it down into a movie, told him he couldn't use Green Lantern, told him he couldn't do this, told him he couldn't do that, just changed all this stuff, fired the people who greenlit the project, basically killed any of the spin-off projects that those people wanted to do after it was successful. And They, they squished it. Mm. And they told everyone it was just a cul-de-sac and it wasn't going anywhere because Walter Hamada had his own plans. DC Warner Brothers had its own plans. They basically... Ended the Snyderverse before it even released on on, on home screen. Uh, and now all these years later. And it turned out to be good.
1: I don't even think they watched it. To be honest with you, I don't think any one of those people watched it. I think they said,
0: great, finish that thing. I saw your rough cut already. I know what it's about. I don't think yes. they actually watched it. They probably were on their phones during the whole time because it's a long project. Because we know that they all went to his house. And the people who gave him the money for it were the people that Emmerich later fired. But mm. – had um, the, the Justice's Gray Edition was his home project. Was it, that was the copy he had at home. That's what he showed in the black and white cut. And if they're not people that really cared about the movie experience, they're probably sitting there like, yeah, yeah, this is great. We can make some money off of this. Yeah. And just like yeah. playing on their phones the whole time. Um, which is probably what happened. But it broke records. It took over the world for a good solid few months. And
1: it was they so have, good. I couldn't believe it. How it was. I was, I, as I sat down and watched it, I was all prepared. I was like, I'm going to tweet this. This is going to be a garbage <laughs> fire. Nope. Watch the whole thing. Got my attention. The entire time was so different. Was so a breath of fresh air to finally see this vision fully fleshed out. And was so much different than the other version. I was blown away by it. And it makes yeah. me sad to hear that it was dead on arrival, even before it got released Christmas or whatever that
0: release date was. It's like March, wasn't it? I think. Yes. Yeah, like it felt it was the middle of the pandemic. It felt like it was Christmas. It felt like a really big deal. <laughs> well, it's because during the pandemic, every every day felt like it was a long Christmas holiday for sure. two years. Sure. <laughs> so it felt like a long winter of sadness. I but, wish I would
1: have got that movie on Christmas Day instead of uh Wonder Woman 84.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Anyways, if Ben takes this gig, if this is real and he does take it, that's that says a lot of his confidence in this, this universe, but then, but even if he doesn't take it, even if he doesn't take this Batman project and everything that we've talked about has been a moot point. The fact that he's still talking with the studio about directing a DC property still speaks volumes because he told the last group of people that were running the show that he didn't want to direct or work with them ever again. Yeah. The fact that James Gunn has brought these people back to the table
1: and they're not telling him to shove it, but are having pleasant conversations is a very big deal. Uh, I, Okay,
0: when do, what is, okay, when is Comic-Con? San Diego Comic-Con is obviously this summer. Yeah, Um, is it June or is it July? I thought it was July, but let me see the dates this year. Yeah, Wednesday, July 19th to Sunday, July 23rd. Okay, we're going to get another slate of projects. Who knows
1: how many there are. Do you think that by July we find out that he, if he's the director or not? Or do you think if they get someone of his caliber, do you think that that's its own news release come uh, April, come May? And then at Comic-Con, he talks about and shows you who he's thinking about.
0: So we have the Flash movie coming out a month beforehand. Okay, And then after Comic-Con, we've only got two more DC movies coming out. We've got uh, Blue Beetle, which has had zero... Uh, marketing so far, which means Anything. you're probably going to get marketing.
1: I I, yeah, marketing I, I, I ask you now. all the time if Blue Beetle is still happening. I know it's happening, but I, I, I'm really afraid that it never sees the light of day.
0: So I'm going to probably say something that I shouldn't, but I'm going to say it anyways. Okay. Uh, it's not quite having to do with Blue Beetle, but there was a lot of internal chatter that I've spoken to with a lot of people about it. Whether or not it's true or not, it's its own thing. One of my contacts at the studio said that the reason why we got all of these, these slew of projects out of Walter Hermada, like uh, a half, like uh, the Batgirl project, Blue Beetle project, we got the the Supergirl solo project, we got, we had all these announcements of all these uh, quote unquote woke versions of the characters, right? You had uh, Batgirl is, is like, I'm not sure. The actress who played Batgirl was she she half Hispanic or she half. I can't remember what, Leslie Grace. I think she's, she's Latin. I think she's Latin. Great. And Supergirl was, she's Latin as well. And you had the announcement of the first Mexican superhero, Blue Beetle, getting his own project. Um, All of these projects got announced during the Ray Fisher, Hermada is racist allegations. So Uh, a lot of people believed that a lot of these projects were only greenlit to say I'm not racist. I'm making these projects. Let me prove to you,
1: let me prove to you I'm not racist, and then spends yeah. four hundred million dollars to prove it.
0: Yeah. So and that, that was a lot of people who believed that was a real thing, and it wow. wasn't just people like these were people that worked on various projects who all said that these projects were fantastic. Who said well, I mean they didn't say anything great about Batgirl, but they said they they loved working on. Flash and stuff like that. All these people I talked to said, yeah, the reason why they're doing this big gender swap, this big race changing, this big, all this stuff is because Hamada is trying to not look racist. And that was just kind of the internal narrative going around. So, which is why you get this project, like Batgirl, that was fast-tracked on a on a skimpy 80, 90 million dollar budget, which is nothing for a superhero movie. um, And you had all these these bullet points, right? You had Batgirl was the is from a mixed race family. Her dad is white, her mom is Hispanic, her best friend in the the movie was going to be a trans girl. You have this this character who's the villain, who is this working class fireman who's mad at the establishment because was that Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Who's yeah. mad at the establishment because his wife died because he couldn't pay his medical bills. So now he's getting revenge on the people who caused this this scenario to happen. You have all of these things. That were just kind of misguided. Brendan Fraser was talking about that movie on Howard Stern. And he
1: was like, no, I did that movie. We filmed a movie. You guys don't get to see it. But he was happy with the work that he did. So it it makes me surprised that, you know, to hear that,
0: you know, from even the people involved, they wanted it to see the light of day. Yeah, of course they did. I mean, Mm. nobody spends that much time of your life working on a project and then having it go nowhere. Right. I mean... They were proud of the roles they did, and I'm sure they were, but every test screening that I heard of, everyone said the same thing, that Brennan Frazier was a standout. Yep. And the movie was trying to make you resent him, but all it did was you make you cheer for him and resent Batgirl for trying to stop him. <laughs> okay. And that was okay. one of the things I heard. I'm like, wow, that's ridiculous. Well, it speaks
1: to me why you need to have your lead superhero actor needs to not be... Um, It needs really you need to have somebody in there that can anchor that character, because if a villain comes in there and steals the show, that's a problem. See, the reason why Heath Ledger's Joker is so good is because Christian Bale meets him. There's you know, they go back and forth in the movie. But at the end of the day, you go, wow, Christian Bale is really good. And Heath Ledger is really good. If
0: it goes the opposite way, that's a problem. Exactly. And I think that was the big the big concern. Um, so we're coming to a point now where Blue Beetle should start its marketing in the next six weeks. And if we don't see it start its marketing, uh uh, uh uh they they killed they killed Batgirl because they basically saw that the movie wasn't up to snuff, it wasn't quality of of the brand, but they also said that the marketing costs would have outweighed what they would have gained by tax refunds right and they made a decision they were still in the process of spending
1: money they decided nope it's all done it's all yeah stop
0: like we can Um... spend more money to fix this project and then have to spend more money to market this project or we can kill it and recoup 80 percent of our costs right now and that's what they did so blue beetle has double that budget Blue has, Beetle has a has a higher budget. It started yeah. off with a, the same budget, but they actually gave more money to the production to make it better, okay? So, in the process of them killing Batgirl, they actually gave more money to the Blue Beetle production team. So, I don't think it's going to die, but also where's the marketing cuz it should have happened already. I I ask you all the time, where's the Blue Beetle?
1: I mean, maybe maybe, you know, listen, we're film we're, we're recording this not at our normal time, so maybe who knows what happens in the future, you know what I mean? But like it does feel like you do need to start getting people excited for it, especially with the character who's very new. And just like we talked about, one of my problems with Wakanda forever, Black Panther 2, was that it was just too many robot suits. And now we have another superhero
0: that is mainly a robot suit. Yeah. An alien one, but yeah. Sure. Um, oh, like Star Kid. Got it. Yeah. But I mean, I enjoyed that movie for real as.
1: Do you think uh, the Blue we Beetle will have a part where he has to where he has to pee through the little hole? He's like, I can't do and that. Has
0: to, have, has to have his teacher help him. Yeah, <laughs> that was a weird part. Um, we know that CinemaCon is in, in in like a month and a half, right? Okay. It's in April Cin- CinemaCon is coming out, and that this this is when these, Warner Brothers is so confident in the Flash, they're actually going to show that Flash in its entirety at CinemaCon. Wow. So the likelihood that they're going to show that movie in its entirety, as well as trailers for both Blue Beetle and Aquaman, is very high. Very high. Okay. So if they don't show up, if they don't have Blue Beetle at CinemaCon, oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Right? okay. Simple as that. That's, that's okay. why I'm at April 24th through April 27th, that is my benchmark. If those, If Blue Beetle is not there, oh, no.
1: Well, I'm excited for CinemaCon then. I'm excited to hear what the next uh, what the next round
0: of news is to then hold us over till uh, Comic-Con at, come this yeah. summer. I mean, I heard a lot of fun stuff about The Flash and a lot of crazy stuff about The Flash. And I'm really excited for this movie. Like, no idea how excited I am for this movie, especially because of, like, I was told the details of how Dark Flash is made. Oh, that scene's going to be so fun. Well, don't spoil it here. We'll let everyone else do it. I'm not going to spoil it here because I, I'm just, it's exciting. mm. Um, It's cool. It's like, oh, I can see why they did that. Oh, I can see why that went wrong. Okay. Um, Well,
1: there's so many exciting things happening and it's crazy that we're still being bogged down in the mire of Twitter rumors to, uh, Sink these battleships even before they've gotten into the harbor. They haven't even
0: gone out to sail yet. And the funniest thing about this rumor, and again, this rumor, this has been the speculation since the start that Ben was going to be directing this project. James kind of, he kind of deferred it. He kind of like deflected it a bit. Didn't say yes or no, that it was a thing. He didn't debunk it outright. And then again, when the rumor comes back up, he comments on it, but again, doesn't debunk it. He doesn't, he's more, more deflecting. So he's probably in the mindset that if Ben wants it, Ben can have it, but it's kind of deciding if Ben wants it.
1: Yeah. And he has to, you know, get with him and talk about what are their projections on all of these things. And maybe even as well, if they want to start incorporating some of these characters into the Batman, uh, into the Superman movie and stuff like that, which we know is going to be the big thing that starts kind of all this off.
0: So 2025 wow. is when this new universe picks up. If Ben is looking to fill his dance card between now and that time, having this locked in is a big is a big, big dance card spot to fill. And so that basically means
1: life. he has 18 months to maybe do another project inside of that time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What what's the uh what's the the quote that he had? Or was it from one of the Kevin Smith movies? Like direct an art film, direct a studio film, like yeah. That's, you do want one for them, one for you. Right. Yeah. So he's got to decide if this is one for him or one for them, you know? Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. But yeah. it's a very interesting time. If Ben takes this if Ben, if any of it's real, that says mountains about his confidence. And that will forever instill my confidence in this universe. Taylor, do you need to follow
1: Jennifer Lopez on social media to see if she gives spoilers? Because I don't think she knows about any of this stuff. Is there any way she's going to tweet a picture and there's just a Batman script lying around or something like that?
0: I think Ben has learned (laughs) to, like, separate, like, church from state kind of a thing. Okay, okay. I I feel like the reason he started his production office is so he could have a separate office from his house.
1: Sure, sure. Because he doesn't want Jennifer Lopez ruining all of his future projects.
0: Or just her not, or accidentally tweeting or accidentally like, sure. Oh, Ben was reading his Batman script today and talking about an interview and like, no! You know, like... Listen, I think I'm going to let you know, I don't feel like
1: she under, I I don't think that's a world that she even cares about, but I'm just letting you know, we got to keep an eye out for
0: those pictures from boats. He might fall asleep with a Batman book on his chest or something like that. I love so much that, that, that whole thing (laughs) is like, he got married. There's that picture of him on the boat asleep. And then less than 24 hours later, he's dressed as Bruce Wayne filming on the, the Warner Brothers lot. Like, that's the most Batman Ben Affleck has ever been in his life. Listen, yeah, he is
1: he is a, a certain level of a charmed life, especially like that Bruce yeah. Wayne boy.
0: Yeah. It just mm. screamed Christian Bale's uh, Dark Knight scene where he's, like, ascotting away with the Russian ballerinas. And then now he's in China taking down crime lords. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great scene. I forgot. That's I watched that movie not too too long ago. That's a great scene. All the stuff in China is crazy. I, I, that movie is great. Um, yeah. I will still argue that out of the trilogy, the best Batman film of the Batman-Nolan trilogy is actually Batman Begins. Because that's the only one that's actually centered around Batman.
1: Yeah, and he does lots of Batman-y things. You know what I mean? The other movies, it's... the. the <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a funny enough, there's a weird James Bondness to that second movie, which yeah. Nolan Witten did. You know, Tenet feels like a wacky James Bond movie. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, James Bond if there's time travel in it. Yeah, which yeah. sounds like a great idea for uh, a James Bond movie as well. Yeah, he time travels and meets the other James Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it is time for us to then put a stamp on this episode and time travel to the future, Taylor, where we will find out whether or not our predictions are true or not.
0: So, I mean, if you, if anyone has anything to say about this, definitely just throw it down in the comments. If you want to argue with me, if you want to call me an idiot, or if you want to say, what if it's this? Go for it. I will respond. Like, yeah, just like James
1: Gunn, Taylor will respond to you. Now, if you upset him too much, you might take a break for a couple of days, but he will respond to you. So let us know I what will. your feelings are.
0: Anyway, so with the remainder of this week, if you all haven't, uh, we already have an episode of TCN Rundown that was dropped for this week, talking about the casting for the Penguin Show. Did you hear about the casting for The Penguin Show? Clancy. No, I have to Krabs. go. I have to go. Click. Mr. I have Krabs. To go... Mr. Krabs. Yeah. Also, the guy who was the scariest bad guy of any Highlander movie is Salvatore
1: Maroni. He's always been. A, uh, yeah, I, I know that oh, we yeah. all like him, that he's Mr. Krabs now. From my childhood, he always played scary people. He never yeah. played fun people. He was
0: also Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So good. I'm so excited that he's back. So he talks about that big announcement, and they're filming the penguin right now. It's it's gonna be a fantastic show. They've got so much of the mob stuff front and center. Uh, we got Through the Monocle coming out tomorrow. Thursday, we got another episode of the Cultured Gamer Friday, the cultured pollist. They finished their all star Superman stories. Now they're going to go to the next book that James Gunn talked about. So be be tuned in for that. And also, fun, fun stuff. We're starting a new show, Michael. Wait, I went
1: the other Great. way. What,
0: what are we doing, Taylor? The not, the, as you made the joke, the, the roundtable, the cultured roundtable is going to be a show where we're going to once a week, once every other week, whenever we really find the time. We're going to probably drop, drop it on a Saturday or so. We're going to actually have a roundtable of anywhere between four to ten people on the stream talking and debating about one of these topics. And it's not going to be news related. It's going to be us basically saying, did we like this? Debate. Did we not like this debate? What was our stance on what worked with the Snyderverse? What didn't work with the Snyderverse? What's going to work with this movie? What's going to work with that movie? We're going to all have healthy debates. We're going to have lots of guests on it. We're going to bring in a lot of people. That's going to be just fun stuff. So you may see Michael and myself. You may just see me or may just see Michael and a whole slew of other people. But this show is going to be a panel show. So be ready for this one. It's going to be lots of fun. But thank you all for joining us. If you want to support us and help us do what we do, patreon.com slash theculturednerd. A big thank you to our current Patreon supporters. Thank you to Jose Navarro for all of these fantastic logos, including the new Cultured Roundtable logo. I've been your host, Taylor Murphy, my co-host, Michael Santel. And if you guys are at home, scan that QR code, check us out on the socials, harass me on Instagram. We are there. Thank you, everybody.
1: Have a wonderful evening. Who knows what adventures will come our way? And we'll see you on the internet. See you then. Bye. Bye.